It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. Someone brought to my attention that large scrum teams, or or I should say teams in large companies versus teams in small companies are structured different. And I thought it would be interesting to review an article that was recently published regarding this and to kind of give some context around what I've seen within large organizations and small organizations having coached at both. So here we go. The article starts off with, in large companies with many teams and multiple products, uh, and they have assigned product managers for each product and own development teams of up to 20 people, the setup looks like this. Oftentimes, there are seven product teams, no Scrum Master within the teams, and they use a setup that they call large-scaled Scrum uh, versus Scrum of Scrums that are used by other organizations. Okay, well, let's stop there for a minute. First of all, I have been in many, many large companies, and what I can tell you is this is not what I've seen. So the kickoff with multiple products and assigned product managers, okay, let's face the truth. Truth number one, organizations have, in general, more than one product or service that they're trying to deliver. That's just a way of life. It's just the way it is, and it will always be that way, world without end, amen, right? It will always be that way. But the truth is, organizations that are struggling to implement Agile are the ones that are trying to put too many of those projects or products in flight at any given time. They're not honoring whip limits. If you try to do too many things at once, It's going to cause your developers, your team members, whoever they are, your greeting card writers, doesn't matter who you are. It's going to cause those individuals to have too much context switching and have too many things in their plate. And it's going to generate confusion. It's going to take up a lot of time and it's going to cost a whole lot of money. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it is critical for us right out of the gate to say the first issue is that the organizations that this person is mentioning are not limiting width. So let's start there. Number two, the term product manager. Now, I don't care if you call it product manager, product owner, product evangelist. I don't care which term you use. The fact that this company had product managers, outstanding, as long as they understood the roles and responsibilities that a product owner and they were performing as such. But I do notice that many organizations, especially larger organizations, are starting to allow their best product owners to take on more than one initiative and have many product owners who are just taking on a single thing at one time. Uh, What we're seeing is that for products that really need to have the devoted attention of a single product owner, and the single product owner usually working on a very large product would have multiple teams that would swarm to complete those products. Now keep in mind, a product owner is not governing the teams and really doesn't care which teams are working on it as long as the work is being completed. It's the Scrum Master's responsibility to govern those teams. So what I'm seeing is that it is possible for there to be seven teams working on an individual product. That that could happen, although the most I've seen typically is six. I think seven is a possibility. But the fact that it goes on to say there is no Scrum Master within teams. Okay, let's stop. So there is a Scrum Master, right? And oftentimes the Scrum Master can govern up to three teams. So what I'm feeling here is that this individual is hanging their hat on the fact that each team doesn't have their own individual scrum master. The truth is that is normal. 
uh, in large organizations. In large organizations, they have uh, an Agile Center of Excellence or a Scrum Center of Excellence. They have Scrum Masters who are designated to work with more than one team. They have Scrum Masters that do govern up to three teams, and those teams swarm to work on products or projects as they need to. This creates an air of separation so that individuals on teams can focus their attention on uh, working with one Scrum Master and build a relationship with that Scrum Master, and product owners can work with multiple Scrum Masters to seek additional help or to solve problems if needed or when needed. They go on to say the setup they use is often called large-scale Scrum or less. What I can tell you is... (laughs) What you just described up above is not less. What I just described is a much more factual picture of how less works. Uh, No pun intended, but the website is less.works. But it's one of those things where the the creators of less never had the intention to have no Scrum Master or have no Scrum Master at the team level. And and they did say that the Scrum Master would spam multiple teams. And they did air that as a benefit. And I agree with that. And I think that this is just being taken out of context. Um, And Scrum of Scrums is a concept that he brings up here. Scrum of Scrums is more or less where you're trying to get coordination across multiple teams who are working on similar things, but they feel disparate because they're not having the right levels of communication. And they often have too many things in flight. So there's a need to get one individual from each team to coordinate with every other team to try to figure out if there's any overlap, any gaps, any dependencies, and all that good stuff. Okay, it says they're also very specific about naming of the roles. Engineering manager, who looks after the BA or data analyst. Uh, Bridge product managers or project managers and engineers. In leadership within product, each track lane will have an EM, PM, and a director. Okay, I'm going to pause here as well. This is one of my big things that I push in my Agile 12-step program. The delineation of names affiliated with roles, I don't care. What I care more about is that the responsibilities have coverage. So I think the fact that we're calling out roles and we're calling out names and we're calling out, we're doing name calling and finger pointing instead of problem solving and addressing and identifying needs. And I think that in large companies, this does happen. So you got a point there. In large companies, I see them struggle with this. But it's one of those things where, if you're trying to get a message across to teach people how it should look in a large company, you know, honor the fact that number one, organizations need to honor WIP. Number two, teams are affiliated and governed by Scrum Masters and not necessarily dedicated to a specific product or service. Three, in extra large organizations, it is possible for a team to be dedicated to a product or service, and if they are that they should have some type of inner team governance to help them do that, whether it's a scrum master or some other role. And four, it becomes the responsibility of the organization, especially in large organizations, to set a clear vision and strategy, to limit WIP, and to make sure that the teams understand their roles and responsibilities, and that they know who their target audience is that's going to consume their product or service so that they can focus on operational excellence each day. Okay, that was a lot. In smaller companies... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Going back to the article, it says teams might look like this. It says eight people, three front-end developers, two QA, one back-end database person. Small teams simply don't have Scrum Masters because they don't have budget. And some companies pile on Scrum Bond to bring in some extra chaos. Let's stop there. Scrum Bond is a completely good idea <laughs> for many organizations, especially organizations where you have a services group 
that's receiving inbound tickets from other areas of the organization that they need to focus on, but they also have other items that need to come in that are enhancements or workflow items, uh, enablers that are going to help them push forward in the future, delivering a product or service of their own, whether it's an internal product or service or whatnot. But I think that oftentimes Scrum Bond does get abused. And if that's the point you're trying to make here, I agree. It's just, once again, the presentation of how it came out didn't necessarily map to what's really happening. Also, the, the context of a team being eight people, I always say seven plus or minus two, even though I know the Scrum Guide says three to nine, I still stick with that original seven plus or minus two. And if you're doing that seven plus or minus two, eight definitely falls in that range, but three front-end developers, two QA, one back-end, that's, that's six. Unless you're counting the Scrum Master and a product owner, seven and eight, you're still not there. Uh, but it should be eight people. But the thing that really disappointed me was this delineation or differentiation between front-end people who are doing and building the product service and a quality assurance. That blew my mind. <laughs> You need to have people who are a little bit gray, a little bit muddy, people who are not afraid to do a little bit of both. I should be able to write my code. I should be able to go do a peer review on one of my peers' code. I should be able to pair with someone and learn something new. I should be an extension of the team to help wherever is necessary in order to deliver something of value. This means that we will have cross-functionality. We will have cross-pollination. We will end up with, with T-shaped individuals instead of I-shaped individuals. I think the problem that this organization might be facing is once again related to WIP. If you have too much WIP going on, too many products or projects going on at the same time, your first uh, your first uh, barrier, your first thing that you'll throw up there is that we don't have budget for Scrum Masters because we don't have time to do things because we got to get things cranked out of the door. So we're going to make these teams small. We're going to give them designated specific things to do and try to whip things out using Scrum Bond. And, and that is just a poor approach. Instead, the approach should be Understanding that a team backlog consists of enablers, enhancements, new features, other things they need to work on, but we should try to keep the team as specifically focused as possible because context switching is very expensive. But in small organizations, it's inevitable, and it does happen. The events are there. The, the events are there. The practice is there. Everything that normally happens is right on target. What we need to do is learn how to redirect attention and focus on the things that are important, help organizations have a better understanding of a clear delineation of roles and responsibilities, let them forget about the whole title thing, and, and honestly, limit work in progress. And I think if you do those things, you're going to find success regardless of whether you're a small organization or a large organization. The trick is just, just keep things consistent and you will be successful. That's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, reach out to us, learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. Yeah.